catching a theme today. God is good. Amen? Amen. As we continue to understand God's goodness more, I ask you to take your Bible and turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. If you're using that pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 847. Isaiah 53. It's on page 847. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. It's that time of year when people begin to think about everything they have to be thankful for. And although it's nice to count your blessings around Thanksgiving, did you know that being thankful throughout the year could have tremendous benefits on your overall quality of life. Thankfulness may be one of the most overlooked tools that we all have access to every single day. Cultivating gratitude, which is the world's word these days, gratitude versus thanksgiving. I did a little little research between thanksgiving and gratitude. Thanksgiving is personal. It's, It's toward someone. Gratitude is just neutral. And so when I talk about the world, the world tends to want to get into gratitude, the Word of God seems to be into thanksgiving. Cultivating gratitude does not cost any money, and it certainly does not take much time, but the potential benefits of gratitude or thanksgiving are enormous. Research reveals gratitude can have seven benefits. Let me just knock these off to you very quickly. Number one, gratitude opens up the door for more relationships. Not only does saying thank you constitute good manners, but showing appreciation can help you win new friends. Thanking new acquaintances makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship with you. We can all use more friends, but as Christians, that thankfulness creates additional opportunities that we can gain in order to share about Jesus. Number two, gratitude improves overall physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling better than other people. Not surprisingly, thankful people are also more likely to take care of their own health. They exercise more and are more likely to get regular checkups with their doctors. Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions ranging from envy to resentment to regret. Research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Number four in this research says gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a prosocial manner even when others behave rudely. According to a University of Kentucky study, people who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate on other people. They also experienced more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. Number five, grateful people sleep better. Writing in a gratitude journal, which I read is a real rage thing these days, these gratitude journals. Writing in a gratitude journal improves your sleep. Spending just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed, and you may sleep better, and you may sleep longer. 
Number six, and there are only seven, gratitude improves self-esteem. A 2014 study found that gratitude increased athletes' self-esteem, which is an essential component to optimal performance. Other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. And the last one, at least, that I read about, grateful or being thankful increases your mental strength. Gratitude decreases stress and also plays a major role in overcoming trauma. Recognizing all you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times of your life, fosters resilience. We all have many, many things to be thankful for, and we all have the ability and the opportunity to cultivate gratitude. Thanksgiving, let me tell you what God's Word says. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 107, verse 1, which was in many of our Sunday school classes this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 95, 2 says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So speaking of being thankful, I'd like to ask you to stand with me. We're going to read Isaiah chapter 53, the entire chapter. All right, Isaiah chapter 53, picking up in verse 1, says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they have made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. 
Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Church, you may be seated. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Church, I, like you, have spent time this week contemplating being thankful. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. Thankful for my church, you. I'm thankful for my health. But it all kept coming back to one answer all week. That being redeemed by Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of God to me. And to you, if you know Jesus today, if nothing good ever again happens in your life, you are still most blessed. And for that church, we must be thankful. So I want to spend just a few minutes looking at the scriptural pattern of giving thanks that Jesus gave to us. I set us up by reading Isaiah 53, but we're not going to be spending time unwrapping Isaiah 53. I'm going to trust that you will desire at the end of this day, as you go home, to revisit what the Lord said to you today, and perhaps you reread Isaiah 53 with a more thankful disposition. Because when you read Isaiah 53 and you see all that Jesus did and how all that Jesus went through pleased God, it shows you just how great the love of God that he has for you and how he desires you to know him by faith through Jesus. But we want to spend a minute. Jesus, the Son of God, the God-man spoke the world into being, created everything that was made, placed the planets into space, set the seasons into motion, and continues to sustain the totality of it all. Yet this Jesus also left us a beautiful example of being thankful. I want to recount to you just four examples, and all of these, if you had a red-letter Bible, would be in red letters, meaning that these are the words of Jesus. Number one, it's amazing how the bread of life, Jesus was thankful for his daily bread. You don't need to go there. I've got these written down. But in Matthew chapter 15, verse 36, and it says, And he, Jesus, took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. Now, you know that this is the feeding of the 5,000. We know where this was came, and, and this young boy gave what he had to Jesus. And everybody else looked at it and said, that's not enough. And Jesus said, it's from God. 
its plenty. Jesus was thankful for what the Father had provided. Jesus has shown us the example. Are you thankful for your daily bread? We were in Sunday school, and I pinned the class down that I was teaching, and I said, I just need you to list one thing you're thankful for. Not that you're only thankful for one thing, but one thing you're thankful for. One person said, I've never been hungry. Do you know we take that for granted? We don't know hunger because God has provided And church, I just want you to see that if Jesus thought enough of it to thank God for it, and it seemed like little, how much our lives would be transformed if we thanked him for his provision. Not just food, but just stop and see. Do you recognize that everything you have is a gift from God? Everything. I woke up this morning, and the Lord has continually put me in this mode, but I woke up this morning, and the first thought in my mind is, Lord, thank you for another day. I don't know how much of this day I'm going to get. I just know that when I woke, he said, you got this part. Church, are you thankful for your daily bread? Not only am I thankful about how amazing it is that the bread of life was thankful for his daily bread, the one who is our wisdom was thankful for the wisdom given to the simple. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 recounts, it says, And at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Jesus made certain that those who truly desired to know him could know him. Do you recognize that it's the work of God, the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Spirit, who helps us understand anything in Scripture, and Jesus the Son, That if you have come to know Jesus as your Savior, it is because of the love and the good actions of God on your behalf. Jesus said, those who want to know me will know me. Now, I'm not the smartest man in the world. And to some, the church says amen, and I thank you for keeping it all quiet. But the reality is, is that anything I know about God's goodness, God's love, God's son, and God's redemption, it's because God made sure through Jesus that I could know it. Are you thankful to God that he allowed you and you came to know Jesus. Jesus 
allowed you to know him. He taught and he said, and those who want to know me, those who have ears, let them hear. Are you sincerely seeking Jesus might be a better question. The third thing that Jesus taught us about being thankful, the one whose words moved mountains and thunders through the heavens speaks words of thanksgiving to the heavenly father for hearing and answering his prayer. That's a long run on, but let me read this verse. John 11 verses 40 to 42 says this, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you have always heard me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. Jesus thanked his Father for always hearing him. Again, in Sunday school, it seemed to... Just reiterate this in, in my mind, in my heart. It talked about there was this then in verse 7, I believe it is. Then they cried out to him in, in Psalm 107. Then they cried out to him, which means that prior to the then, they hadn't cried out to him. But then they got to the end of themselves, the end of them trying to do it all for themselves. They realized that they couldn't. And then they cried out to God, and it says that he redeemed them, that he was there with those who did not yet have faith in him, did not yet trust and know Jesus. When they cried out to him, God was right there, right there in a moment. You know why? Because he never left them. He's right there ready when they turn. Jesus said, Father, I'm glad that every time I speak, you hear me. And as a child of God, Scripture teaches that when we pray, he hears us. Do you faithfully come before God thanking him for hearing you, for answering your prayers? Or let me ask you this, are you growing weary on some request? And I have to tell you that I battle this from time to time. I have people that I'm praying for, and I grow weary every now and then, and I think maybe it's just never going to happen. And then I'm reminded that God always hears me. And when I walk into his presence, I recognize that that him hearing me keeps me linked to him. If you have something that you're struggling with staying faithful in praying for, don't give up. Be thankful instead. When you are thankful that God hears you and knows you, then it will keep you in that relationship of praying for that most important thing. A number four. The one who established the Passover became the Passover lamb. Yet before he took his place on the cross as the lamb of God, he took away, who took away the sins of the world, he gave thanks to his heavenly father. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 25, Jesus said this, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, 
blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, this is my body. Jesus thanked God in that moment for being able to be the Redeemer. In this room are two kinds of people right now. The redeemed and the not redeemed. Now, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but there are only two types of people everywhere you go. Those that know Jesus and those that don't. And I guess it's a better way of saying those Jesus knows know him and those Jesus knows don't know him. Because as I've said before, salvation is not something you get to claim you have. Salvation is something that God grants to you upon your faith in Jesus, the Redeemer. And so in this room, there are the redeemed and there are the hopefully to be redeemed. Let me speak for just a second to those that would say, and that the Spirit would support as being redeemed. Are you thankful for your redemption? And then let me ask a question to everyone else. Online, on the phone, in the room, whether you're watching this next Tuesday at 10 p.m., Do you need to know the Redeemer? Jesus leaves us with this perfect example of what it means to be thankful. Whether eating, seeking wisdom, living to glorify Jesus, or facing difficult days, we must maintain a heart of thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5 says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Now I'm going to begin to turn toward the invitation, and I want to start by sharing with you that uh, the number one question that's been asked of me this week as the information began to leak out is, why are we doing the Lord's Supper again? We just did it Last week, you thought about it. I had a deacon go, what's up? Why are we doing it again? I had another deacon go, did we do it wrong? And so therefore, we have to do it again? And then someone asked me, they said, why are we doing it again? And I can tell you, the only thing I can tell you, the reason we're doing it again now, I'll hold that one for just a second. There was another one that made me think about it, and I go, you know, the best part of Thanksgiving is seconds, 
right? Don't you, just, don't you just put up with the Thanksgiving meal so you can hope that there are leftovers that you can eat later? Somebody said, well, did you even change out the trays back there? They've been sitting back there since last Sunday. It's all brand new. It's all brand new. All I can tell you is that when I sat down Monday morning and I opened up the word and began to say, Lord, it's Thanksgiving. Where do you want us to go? This is what he told me to say, this message. Somebody said, why are we doing it? My text response back to them was capital H, capital he told me to. And so, yes, we are going to remember the Lord's table again. You know, so many of us last Sunday as we headed toward Thanksgiving, we had our let's be thankful hat on. That's what happens when we turn toward Thanksgiving. We all think about it. We go around the table on Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? We do all of these things. And then Black Friday happens and we lose our minds. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, it's Christmas. I guarantee you that some of you, when you woke up Friday or Saturday, said, it is time to decorate. And I was reminded that being thankful is not a holiday. Being thankful is a command of God every single day. Being thankful is an example set by our Savior. And he told us, every time you do this, do you know that every time you do this means every time you do this? And I thought, God, you're smart. What better way to remind us of being thankful is to catch us right after we've stopped being thankful and turn the corner into the next big thing happening in our lives. Thanksgiving, check. Church moves on toward Christmas. Church, let me tell you, Jesus said, be thankful every day. Now I'll tell you this, if we will learn to pattern our life after our Savior, in every way. But let's just begin and focus on his thanksgiving way. Christmas will be different because it'll be better. New Year's will be different because it'll be better. And every day after that, we will go, God, thank you for this adventure that you're allowing me to be on. Right, church? So yeah, we're coming before the Lord's table again. Because the best I can figure out is if I'm going to spend any time being thankful about anything in my life, it must be about my Savior. And it's my prayer 
that as we're reminded in Isaiah 53, what that Savior went through and how it pleased God to do that and how Jesus gave us this example of thankfulness that when we come to the table of God, we are reminded all over again of when we came to know Jesus. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. Now, I've shared with you that when you come before the Lord's table, you don't want to come without an examination kind of way, and it's getting ready to happen. This invitation is your opportunity for you and God to clear up anything and everything that might be out of kilter, even if it's an unthankful heart. Amen? Amen.